Hello and welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I'm your host, Tim Minichi. And joining me for the final episode of our fourth season, number 207 overall, Mr. Jason Ziak. Jay, we've done it. Completed another season. This one flew by. It did. It really did. I mean, this year just went like a lightning bolt. Yep. And I swear to God, I looked back through the records that we reviewed and I was like, that was this year? Yeah. Maybe we have this conversation at the start of every last episode. But this, <laughs> but this season seemed to go particularly fast. No, I, I agree. I, I'm losing com- uh, t- uh, my complete sense of you know sequencing of things. So I'll kind of go through the archive and see look at a record and think that we reviewed it this year, the just maybe last year, and we reviewed it like the fifth episode. <laughs> and I'll be completely <laughs> mind blown. Like what? That was. Like we just no, we just did that, and I could be completely confused. So, yeah, it's it seems the older we get here, the and the more we do the show, the faster things just fly by. So, well, Jay, we get, dig me out, dig me out is four years old now. So I know it's a, it's not a young pup. No, nope. it's uh, in podcast years, it's like forty. It is pretty old for a podcast. Mm-hmm. Most don't last this long. But we got staying power, Jay, because we have an unending list of albums that we can review from the 1990s. We may not be good, but we're not going to quit. Right. Exactly. We're like that relief pitcher in baseball who can only really throw for one inning. You try to throw him in for an inning and a half. And they pitch till 45. But we're going to pitch till over 45. Exactly. Have 16 stints in AAA. Doesn't matter. We're going to we're going to keep on pitching. We might not be more talented, but we'll, we're going to outwork you. So one of the highlights of this year, Jay, was that uh, we exceeded the number of requested reviews that we did last year, which last year was the first year we asked people for a donation for when they made their request to review. We had 18. Mm-hmm. This year we had 19, which nice. still continues to blow my mind yeah. that people are willing to fork over some cash, help us pay the bills on the podcast. It really does uh, keep us out of the red um yeah all the episodes we've ever done are able to be hosted for everybody to check out because of that i think a lot of people don't and even we didn't realize that um you know most podcasts don't there's not a need to archive everything meticulously um because they're more Mm -hmm. about current topics right um but what we're doing is you know the episode we do we did last week is going to be as relevant last week as it is going to be five years from now in terms right. of, you know, what we're talking about because the record doesn't die. So I think even we didn't anticipate how expensive it is to make sure that all of that stuff continues to be available. And we're constantly trying to find ways to, you know, make sure that everybody can get to it and listen to it and come up with ways to make that simpler. But it's, it's not a trivial task to, uh, as the show goes on here to keep the growing, volumes of uh episodes <laughs> i don't i don't think when we started this we figured we would have uh 200 that we would need to be uh worried about but uh you know that's a good thing and it costs money to do that so it's really appreciated so up front we need to thank everybody who made requests this year we need to thank of course gavin reed who made three requests excuse me yeah three requests four requests he made a ton of requests he's got another one coming 
the start of the 2015 season. Awesome. Uh, our, our friend from Down Under. Uh, Patrick Enright had a couple of requests this year. David Mayfield chimed in with uh, a request for uh, Mars Accelerator. Uh, Rob Harford, we reviewed last week the Long Pigs, and he also requested uh, Silver Sun. Matthew Slateholm, who was a guest on the show, he joined us for the Ministry episode, as well as he suggested the Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine. Um, Eric Peterson, er, uh, he suggested the King's X episode, which was going to be a re- an interview episode, but uh, that never happened. Hmm. That was frustrating. Yeah. Um, David Gorgos, he had a couple of good selections. Uh, Bowery Electric and Carp, very different records. Uh, Kim Bowie suggested something for Kate and Blue Bottle Kiss. And Scott Russell Hallgram, the stereo. Adam Rogan, the Din Pedals. And Stuart Simons suggested Ripe. So thank you to all those guys for your reviews or for your request to reviews. Um, at the end of the episode, uh, I'm gonna have we're gonna we're gonna do a giveaway of a prize pack like we did last year. Um, got some stuff to give to people, and uh, we're gonna pick one of those people, and they're gonna have a chance to win that prize pack. So that's gonna be the end of the episode. So don't turn this off now. Um, while we're in the thank you mode, we also we had a bunch of people that came on the show this year. Now I hadn't realized Jay, but you know, we had spread out our interviews kind of haphazardly yeah. over the, during the previous years. We didn't actually get to an interview until the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was Bill Janovitz, and the second one was Clay Tarver. We did those back-to-back. Yeah, uh, they, they were both in November, and that was... Uh, well, we did re- uh, interview Steve Fisk. That was the other one. So we, we did three interviews, but they're all in the second half of the year and um, with musicians. We also had on uh, Lee Heidel from the Afghan Wigs website, Summer Kiss, um, Andy Darer joined us. He had previously joined us to uh, review. He reviewed this uh, Mag Street Preachers album with us this year. Neil Schmidt stopped by for the first time in a while to check out Stone Roses. And Chip Midnight stopped by uh, to do uh, the Guns N' Roses 200th episode with us. And then we can't forget um, the voice of Dig Me Out. My wife, uh, Katie, joined us for the Chibamato episode. For those of you who don't know, she does the bumpers. The, the jingles uh, at the beginning, middle, and end of the show. We uh, we plied her with some alcohol and got her on for the Ch- Chibamato episode, and that went that went pretty well. I think I was a little too plied for that one. We had like three Kentucky bourbon ales for that one, and it wasn't as smooth as it could have been. <laughs> Is that what was going on over there? There was Kentucky bourbon ale bourbon ale flowing that that evening. It's so good for you, yeah. So. I mentioned about, you know, our haphazard interview schedule. I want to talk about 2015 before we jump into our favorite songs and favorite album for the 2014 season. 2015, we're going to we're going to be changing things up. Uh, we like doing the interviews. We know that you guys like when we do the interviews. It brings in new people who are interested in checking out interviews with the band and it, it pleases our current fans. So we're setting up an interview schedule. Um, and we're setting up a, a schedule overall for the 2015 season that's going to see a, a little bit of a change. So we've been doing, we've been planning to do about, you know, we do a show every week, so 51 reviews. Now, sometimes we do interviews, and those aren't really reviews because um, you don't really want to review the band with someone if they if you don't really like the record. That'd be awkward. So, you know, this year I would say we did 48 reviews and three interviews. 
Um, next year, our plan is to do an interview a month. It's an ambitious plan, but we want to do that. Um, basically, the fourth week of every month, which would be the last week for most months, but the fourth week of every month is going to be an interview. We're also going to do what we're calling roundtables. So the second week of every month, we're going to discuss a topic that's going to be music-related. We'll play some music during the episode, but it's primarily going to be a, a discussion episode. And we're going to bring on special guests uh, to discuss that with us. It's not necessarily going to be um, our friends. We're going to try to get some musicians on, some people who have been on the show, some people who haven't been on the show. And we're going to talk about different relevant topics to the podcast. Um, I'll give you a preview for January coming up. We're going to be talking about uh, the year 1995 since we're going to be in 2015 and it's 20 years from 1995. 1995 being, I think it's a pretty important year in terms of what was released um, in the 90s. And we're going to talk about our records from 1995 that have stood the test of time that we still listen to. And then records that we were really big fans of that came out in 1995 and now are not such big fans of anymore. So two ends of the spectrum. Stuff we really dig still and stuff that we really dug then but don't dig anymore and talk about why. We're going to have guests on for that. You have to tune in to find out who our guests are going to be. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be going to be a, a challenge and it's going to be uh, an interesting change of pace. So basically the schedule is set up like this. The first week of every month, we're going to do a review. Second week, we're going to do a roundtable discussion on a topic. Third week, we're going to do a review. Fourth week, we're going to do an interview. And then the fifth week, if there is one, we'll go back and do another review. So we'll sandwich reviews and other things in between each other. Mm, Does that sandwich. sound like fun, Jay? Mm, sandwich. Pulled <laughs> mm, pork. Yeah. Yeah, and with the with the interviews, um, you know, I think that's the plan. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. what we found last year is that you know we did f- what we did, we did three interviews. We were planning on doing four. One didn't happen. Right. Uh, yeah. Beyond powers, our own powers. So, right. If somebody you craps know, you out, you never then, know. <laughs> yeah, you we might be know. interviewing each other. Uh, yeah. No, but Those will that's turn the into plan. Reviews. So, yeah, exactly. If if we're unable to secure a review or secure an interview, we'll we'll do a review. Yep. Uh, we always have. I, I'm sure we can dig up an album to review. There's plenty of albums out there for us to review from the '90s. Um, and then the other thing we're going to do is we're going to have not every month, but we're going to have some theme months. Month. Some theme months. That's hard to say. Those are TH words back to back. Theme off. I sound like Gollum. We're going to have some theme off. We're going to have some theme months. How many bourbon bale ales did you have tonight? I had one blue moon and a yingling. Well, I'm not even halfway through the yingling, so I'm sophisticated. Fine. Yes, thank you. Um, so these themes are going to be around you know, relevant music topics. Uh, for our podcast. We're not going to go off on weird tangents. But again, tying in in 1995, 1995 was, for example, uh, a big month, excuse me, a big year for Britpop. You had the release of What's the Story, Morning Glory. Probably, if not the biggest, one of the biggest Britpop albums of the 1990s. Not just in the UK, but in the United States. Wonderwall probably is the biggest, I'd say, Britpop single that hit the United States. Is that is that a safe... I think assumption, because I don't consider Radiohead to be yeah. Britpop. Yeah. Well, Wonderwall was bigger than anything Radiohead did, right? Well, probably not pop, Creep pop, from a pop perspective. 
I don't know. I know that's a good thing to I think. Wonderwall is like Wonderwall's huge. Wonder yeah. Wonderwall is all time. Yeah. In terms of you know, that's got that's mom's that's got mom crossover. Moms know that song. Right. Right. So mom we're gonna do a month dedicated to Britpop. We're gonna do a couple reviews of more obscure Britpop bands. We're gonna do an interview based around Britpop, and we're gonna do a roundtable discussion of Britpop. So that'll be, we'll do a Britpop month. We'll do other months tackling other relevant topics to the 90s won't necessarily be 95 driven but uh just 90 in general so that's our plan is to do not every month not because we want to be able to squeeze in some oddball reviews and people are going to suggest stuff that doesn't you know fit in with 1995 so we're just going to be figuring out what they work when they work and putting them in so that's our goal is to uh create a little bit more cohesion and um a through line between our interviews, our roundtables, and our reviews on a monthly basis. So uh, I hope that uh, sounds interesting to people. We're also going to continue to review records that have relevancy to now. I mean, I know Faith No More and, and Bad Religion both have new records coming out next year. There's a good chance we're going to review a Faith no, no More album and a Bad Religion album from the 90s next year. I, I like doing that. It, it gives us a good perspective on you know artists who are still current but have relevancy to our podcast so yes sir there you go so let's talk about jay as we do at the end of every year our five favorite songs from the year mm-hmm. and then our we'll wrap that up and we'll get on to our favorite album of the year and then we'll pick our winner of the 2014 prize pack jay mm-hmm. let me start with you give me one of your five favorite songs from 2014. Uh, are we going to ping ball, ping pong this back and forth? I'll do my five. You do five. Then no, we're four, going to ping pong. Four. That's what I just said. Five. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. You, I thought you said I'll do my five like all five yeah, my in num- a row. My number five. Stop being crazy. Number five. Number five. Number five. Go for it. My number five is drum roll. Can you insert a drum roll there? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that might have been is- my cat purring. <laughs> Face first by 10 minute warning. Ah. Uh, and to remind people, these selections are discoveries for us. So we're not going to pick albums we recommended or that we had heard. Um, these are the top five al- songs that, you know, we yes. hadn't really heard and were familiar with. So, yeah, that was one that uh, um, it was really cool because it's got that it's got that, you know, typical grunge kind of vibe to it but it's also very you know grounded in guns and roses like it sounds like a guns and roses riff but with a totally different style singer and um you know just a little bit more a little slower a little a little dirtier a little dirtier so uh yeah it's a good tune i, li- I like a lot of the stuff on that record
good pick. They were an album that I, I went back and revisited and was pleasantly surprised by going back to it because I haven't listened to it since we reviewed it, but <clears throat> good record. Uh, my number five is The Stereo, their album 300, mm-hmm. and I picked this track, She Would Never, mm. which great, I think, power pop song. I, I love the way that song starts with the chorus. Super hooky. I mean, the whole record is super hooky. Mm-hmm. I think the fault we found with that record was the piano songs, yep. which don't sound as competent as the rest of the record. Honestly, mm-hmm. I could have picked like two or three different songs off that record, but just that chorus up front is just so good that I decided to go with that song. There you have it. My number four, Lenny Valentino by The Auteurs. Oh, good track. Outside my five. Yeah, I mean, by far the... Um the best track on that record uh, mm-hmm. i wish the rest of the record was like this but it's kind of got that um, new romantics kind of vibe but um with a you know 90s rock twist to it. it sounds very contemporary like it's a song that i could hear a band you know coming out with now and uh yeah just a really good up-tempo uh cool cool song from the record my number four is from the band ripe it's the first track on their album, The Plastic Castle. It's called Something Fierce. And I pretty sh- I'm pretty sure that if I were to go back and listen to that episode, I would say that when I heard that song, I knew it was going to be in my top five. Great melodic hook has this shoegazy but more I guess muscular sounding shoegaze. It's not you know it's not my bloody Valentine shoegaze. It's uh it's a bit popular than that. It has this swagger to it that it just it's really cool. The production's not the best on that song or that record, but that song's just got something about it that stuck with me and really dug that. Do you remember the that uh, that band Jay, or that in that song. You're talking about Ripe. Yeah. What was the song? Something fierce. The first track on it. Uh, I had um, I had Mother Figure from that record as my favorite song from that record. But okay, yeah. I mean, there's some there's some there's several good tracks on that record. Yeah. What's your number three? Number three is Missed the Friction by Self. Uh, so this was a pretty I think interesting record for both of us. Um, yeah. Very diverse. Um, incredible musicianship. This is probably more the, the, the probably the most power pop re- uh, song on the record, most uh, up tempo. Um, mm-hmm. But it does some really cool 
um, kind of reversing the, the beat around techniques and cutting things off and just loaded with hooks and really, really strong melodies and uh, compact, you know, it's like three minutes of, you know, a ton of twists and turns. Um, so, yeah, it's probably my favorite song from that record. It's pretty much how you can sum up the whole record, twists and yeah. turns, and but really interesting record. A record that doesn't have as many twists and turns, and that's okay, is Carp, their self-titled record. And I went with uh, the track Forget the Minions. I just love the energy of this song and, and of that record overall. I mean, it is just in-your-face, crazy manic energy. Um, the barking vocals and screaming, the just... A lot of those songs are built around like one or two chords just stabbing you in the ears. I just loved the absolute like chaotic energy and and manic energy of that record. Um, and Forget the Minions was the one. I just loved his barking vocal in that song. Cool. My number two. Uh, so my, my top my top three here is uh, rooted in the power pop that we seem to review of a lot of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my number two is Last Day by Silver Sun. Just a great sort of summertime sounding song. The chorus is, it almost sounds like the Beach Boys in terms of the harmonies and uh, really great production. And it's a little, it's a, you know, not quite as ambitious as Self, but a little more ambitious than the stereo. I compare the three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite songs on that record. That is a good record. I had several options to pick outside. Ended up outside of my top five. Uh, my number two is uh, an album that probably I should have known about based on who was in the band, but I didn't. And that's Electronic, which featured Bernard Sumner of New Order and Mr. Uh, Johnny Marr of a band called The Smiths. And I picked the the big single off that record, which was Vivid, which mm-hmm. has a great harmonica hook yeah. on it. It, pro- and it also, I think, has probably Bernard Sumner's best vocal melody <laughs> of anything he did in the 90s outside of Regret on uh the new order album republic um yep. just a great track 
it's the most organic sounding track on that record and um just a great pop single yep that was just outside my five that would have been uh been my number six so i'm totally on the same page with you there so jay drum roll what's your number one well my number one should be familiar it's uh she would never buy the stereo oh uh, yeah just you know going back and reviewing some of these songs again uh, giving them a listen um like you know, for the first time in a couple months and that was just one that just jumps out at you it's just undeniable it's undeniable you know the hook it's an interesting you know dynamic and and um even there's you know it's interesting in that it's still a fast pop song but there's a lot going on there i have no idea why that song wasn't a huge hit just it make it blows my mind yeah two two minutes and 30 seconds of, of pop perfection in my book so you know i want the stuff that as i went back and reviewed all these records quickly again the ones that i flagged in the first place that really still were you know stood out and were undeniable mm-hmm. um and that was by far the one that stood out the most so Starting with the chorus, man. Never fails. No, never fails. <laughs> it grabs you. Well, for my number one, I, I went in a different direction. I went with a, a song that immediately captured my interest the first time I heard it, and that is Return to the City of Folded Arms by Blue Bottle Kiss. This hits on so many things that I like in bands. It has this sort of slow burning dinosaur jr meets neil young kind of feel to it with these slide guitars and guitar parts that remind me of those bands and then it's got these really interesting vocals going on that overlap during the verses and then there's the end with these falsettos that sound like jay massis and i just think that this song is absolutely brilliant um it's a band that obviously got no pub here in the united states and uh not a huge band overall you know over in australia either but just that song just i I dissect that song and it's just an amazing song the way it's constructed and the vocal cadence still blows my mind the way he sings over himself at from the beginning of or end of one line to the beginning of the next and i just think it's really interesting the way it's constructed and the sound of it is really cool it's it sounds like it could have been from the 70s on a neil young record or it could have been from a Dinosaur Jr. album in the 90s. It just has like this timelessness to it. And uh, I really, really love that song. It stuck with me. I knew it was going to be on my top five, like with the Something Fierce song. So um, I debated where exactly that was going to fall. But really, it was there was no question it was going to be a number one. So that's yeah. my number one pick. Can't say that it's great to be back When all the lavender in my backyard is 
through my honorable mentions if i may sure quickly. jesus says by ash uh, a broken machine by crow return to the city of folded arms by blue bottle kiss uh, captain by something for kate standing up by bob goblin uh, furthest place away by front end loader mother figure by ripe careful by sebado mists uh, and vivid by electronic so i just wanted to call those out because uh, it was you know to get to five is kind of oh it's hard impossible but you know we, we make a decision here but those were all uh could have very well been in there depending on the day i had to make the decision and uh you know because people for the most part i think the vast majority of these are listener uh, requests so a lot of really really good stuff in there so jay my honorable mentions are don't cry estranged and november rain <laughs> you hadn't heard those before no, those were completely new, and I really enjoyed those three. I hope they somehow figure out a way to put those three together into one sort of trilogy. That would, no, uh, I didn't actually didn't keep track of my my honorable mentions. This That's year. all right. That's all right. Uh, so let's I, talk about our favorite. Oh, I just work harder than you do. Yeah, it's true. You do. You I'm do. the veteran, and you're the rookie. And you pretty just pretty much just named every song that you didn't pick. <laughs> That's what you did. Uh. Let's talk about our favorite albums of the year. And I'm going to go first here because I have a conundrum. Because if I'm being honest, the album that I listened to the most, both before and after uh, we reviewed it, and I that I've without a doubt enjoyed the most this year, is Due to the Beast by the Afghan Wigs. Okay. Now, it's not an album from the 90s, um, yeah. but we did review it. And I still listen to that record on a weekly basis. I mean, I just not every track, but probably six or seven of the tracks off the album. Okay. Um, so technically, that would be my favorite album of the year. If I'm going by our previous years of picking an album that actually came from a the '90s, <laughs> right? Um, I'm actually going to pick an album that you suggested, Jay, that Ooh. I didn't pick for one of my songs, and I've done this before where. My favorite album isn't necessarily break it, you know, through to the top five in terms of songs. But yeah. it'd be Stoner Witch by the Melvins. Oh. Really enjoyed that record. Uh, I think it really encapsulates a lot of different 90s sounds in terms of hard rock, metal, grunge, 
alternative metal, whatever you want to call it, sludge metal. There's just so much cool stuff going on in that record. Psychedelic sounds. Um, I think it really, in terms of the alternate universe that was taking place in the 90s, besides Pearl Jam, Nirvana, and Soundgarden, and Alice in Chains, that album really works in that alternate universe of what was really going on in that like second tier or third tier of bands that weren't um, mainstream, but were still making really interesting and cool music. So that would be my pick for album of the year. If I have to go with an album that was actually released in the nineties. If you have to, if I have to, um, how about you? I haven't listened to that Wiggins record since we did the episode. Wow. (laughs) Uh, So that won't be a problem for me. I went with my number two uh, in the top five, Silver Sun, my favorite record. Even though, like you, you know, the stereo had a song that I liked better uh, when you're evaluating it that way. Uh, I felt Silver Sun was the most consistent um, and probably the one I listened to the most. And I think it's a band that um, really talented, but very consistent in the quality, but also consistent in terms of uh, they're able to do some different um, shift and change a little bit, do some different styles here and there, but it all very much sounds like them. It's undeniable that it's the same band. Um, So they can, unlike the stereo, you know, they can shift and do a slow song and not Mm -hmm. make it, not become weird, (laughs) not start to sound cabaret or, you know, like an impersonation. I think the musicianship, the the harmonies are fantastic. Uh, Playing, songwriting, um, and it just kind of keeps you Keeps you engaged through the whole thing. All the songs are short. You know, the majority of them are under three minutes. Um, and for a fourteen-song record, which you which we harp on quite a bit, there's not. I, I'd be hard pressed to find one that's you know not good. So I think it's a really really strong one. And cool. uh, my favorite of the year. That's a good pick, Jay. It's a good pick. Thanks. So now, Jay, we get to what everybody is waiting for: is us picking. Uh, our prize for the year, which we'll just say incorporates some reading materials and some music and our, of course, our T-shirt. And, of course, um, like last year, you get to pick an album, one album a year for the rest of the existence of this podcast for us to review. That sounds pretty cool, huh, Jay? It does. Incredible. I'm not going to divulge what the physical materials are, because I don't have them yet, but I will shortly. But it'll be, uh, like I said, some reading materials and some music relevant to what we reviewed this year. Let's put it that way. So, Jay, here's what we're going to do. We have not pre-discussed this. I'm simply going to ask you for a number from 1 to 19. Are you asking me now? Uh, yeah, I, I'm asking you now. Give me a number from okay. 1 to 19. Okay. Um, 18. 18. Son of a bitch. Okay, so our 18th re- suggestion was Beasts of Burden, Bourbon by uh, by Gavin Reed. <laughs> oh, well done. Okay, that, that's so why there Ga- was 19. Yeah, so Gavin Reed. Wait a minute. Didn't Gavin win last year? I don't know. He makes the most requests, so he does. He made like me. four requests, five requests, something like that. So You buy the most lottery tickets and... Like what happens? I guess so. So he was in there. He was in there four times. So I guess yeah. it's possible. 
So congratulations to Gavin Reed. Uh, you are, again, I'm going to have to disqualify you going forward <laughs> or something like that. Oh, I, I, no. It's going to, you're going to take home. Wait a minute. You've already got a t-shirt. You're going to get a request to review for the rest of the show, which will be your second. So now you get to pick two episodes a year because you got that last year. You already have my book. So we got to come up with some good stuff for Gavin. He lives in paradise. So he does live in paradise. <laughs> The bar's kind of high. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to come up with something good. So, uh, Gavin, congratulations. You have won once again our prize pack. Um, for everyone else, thank you sincerely again for contributing. Next year, you have to out-contribute Gavin to beat him. That's all I can say. Because he is a force to be reckoned with. Yes. Uh, that's it. We're done, Jay. That's all for 2014. When we meet up next week, it'll be a requested review by Gavin. <laughs> Believe <laughs> it or not. And uh want to remind everybody, if you would like to make a requested review, head on over to our requested review page, digmeoutpodcast.com. And as always, please consider leaving us some positive feedback over at iTunes. Everybody have a good new year. And uh, we'll see you or talk to you or you will hear us, whatever how that works, in 2015, the year we colonized the moon, Jay. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What did you say? Never mind. I'm just, I'm just going to go drink some more. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Sincerely, we'll be back next week with another episode. Dig me out. Join the conversation about this episode at digmeoutpodcast.com, where you can find links to our Facebook page and Twitter feed, as well as links to our request a review and merchandise pages. And three, two, one. Low and ep. Yeah, but do three, two, one. Hello and welcome yeah, to. Oh. <laughs> All right.